the right thing. Slapper stopping by Glenn Edmonds being back. Former U.S. representative, former judge. It's Ted Poe. Ted, how are you? Good to see you. Doing great, Joe. You know, we're sitting here talking about it, and there are uh, 15 different topics we want to get to. But I have to start with this video I saw from last night in Philadelphia. It turns out somebody didn't get charged with something, and a cop did something to somebody, and that means I get a free iPhone. I don't know what that's all about, Ted. I'll be honest with you. Um, I understand making signs and peacefully protesting, making sure you bring redress to the government because you're allowed to, making sure that injustice doesn't go unpunished. I'm with everybody who believes that. But that doesn't mean a free Rolex watch. It doesn't mean free Nikes. It doesn't mean a free iPhone. It doesn't mean a free big screen TV or you get to carjack somebody. Ted, I'm confused as to why we're allowing this. I know the big media lies and calls it peaceful or mostly peaceful protesting. It's not. What can we do? Well, let me ask you specifically, as a former judge, could you have done anything about the crime problem without cases being brought to you? As a judge, no, you have to have the case uh, brought to you and heard. Uh, it starts at the, the level of the crime itself. There is no justification for criminal conduct that is accepted under the law for stealing, breaking in, destroying, destruction of property, and stealing everything you can get your hands on. And we're talking about, in Philadelphia, a lot of people doing this. Yes. Primarily juveniles. That we can start with the problem in the juvenile justice system. Our system in the juvenile justice system has gotten where if you're a juvenile, you can do anything you want to. And the system, the people will not do anything to you to hold you accountable for what you're doing, whether it's stealing or whether it's killing somebody. Well, the juveniles are not stupid. They know that is exactly what's not going to happen to them. So they are encouraged by organized crime, organized gangs to commit criminal conduct like stealing, pillaging, destroying it, destruction of property. And they get away with it because if they're ever captured, law enforcement may take them into custody, probably will not. Nothing will happen to them. And they, they that conduct is encouraged by our system. It encourages it. It's always been that. If people are not accountable, held accountable for doing something they shouldn't do, they will do it again. Imagine that. Exactly right. If there are no consequences, why stop? It makes it look as though it's not illegal. This must not be wrong for me to steal all this stuff. When I was growing up, um, we saw TV shows called Scared Straight. You would take these bad kids and scare the hell out of them by bringing them to prison and have hardened criminals get in their face and talk to them. It's like there are no consequences. They are not worried about ending up behind bars. And we can always take this back to the Soros uh, DAs. These district attorneys are not doing their jobs. Is there anything that could compel? Maybe you know better about Texas law. Maybe this can be a law everywhere. If you're elected as the DA, as the prosecutor, I understand a little bit of uh, prosecutorial discretion, but discretion to the point of never prosecuting anybody who steals anything $950 or less or not prosecuting anybody who's a young person under 18, are you just allowed to do that and keep your job? Well, of course, the, the ultimate decision is made by the, uh, the voters when they can uh, replace DAs every four years. Uh, and that is exactly what needs to be happening in, in jurisdictions where uh, the DAs will not prosecute certain individuals. But that's not just the problem. We have the problem now of judges when someone is actually captured and taken to a judge. If the person is a juvenile, the judge will many times now in these woke courts don't do anything to them and let them basically go. Or if a person is an adult, they get a free pass to get out of jail. In other words, they judge, I promise you I'll come back from my trial. And the judge says, "Okay, uh, you have a nice day. Come back six months from now for your trial. So the judges aren't holding them 
accountable with bonds. And then when they are actually uh, prosecuted many times, nothing happens to those individuals. Once again, criminals know that. They know exactly what's not going to happen to them. And that encourages unlawful conduct against good people, lenient judges. And we have some in Texas. We have some good ones. But we elect judges in Texas. We're more fortunate than most states because we determine in Texas who our judges are. And if we don't like them, we think they're too lenient, the public can replace them every four years. We have that advantage. So it's not just uh, the prosecutors. It's the judges and holding people accountable and then punishing them if they are actually convicted. Are you a proponent of uh, mandatory minimums? In some cases, yes. I do believe judges should have the discretion in most cases. But there should be a minimum punishment uh, for for certain types of conduct. Uh, I, I agree. But uh, this idea that you can steal $900 and uh, nothing's going to happen to you, that's ludicrous. You think the law needs to be changed to allow, of course, people to be convicted of stealing less than that and actually yeah. go to jail. And by the way, it's not just in L.A. and Philly. It's how, San Antonio tried to do 750 which, which I thought was ridiculous, and we, we screamed and yelled, and I think that we got rid of that. But at the end of the day, this is seeping into every part of society. Let, let me hit on something you said. There's a case out of Las Vegas. I don't know if you've seen this video, but uh, two young people, I think one was 18, one was 16, stole a car, purposely were ramming into other cars, and then ran over a retired police chief and killed him on his bicycle on purpose. And they were laughing about it. And when caught, the 18-year-old said, no big deal. This is a, a, a normal hit and run. 30 days and I'm out. Now, it turns out he's probably going to get vehicular manslaughter at least, so he was wrong about that. But what you said a minute ago, like the 16-year-old's not going to get any, in, in much trouble. They know what the punishments are. And if the punishment is such that it's 30 days in a juvenile facility and I can go run somebody over, why wouldn't they? Well, yes, they get the joy, the internal joy of hurting somebody and getting away with That's the way some people uh, operate. And, and many juveniles just feel like they're going out for a joyride, going to hurt somebody. And... You won't do anything to me. I'm talking about you being uh, the public or law enforcement. Right. And they feel that way. And like in Philadelphia last night, most of those people that were in these stores looting and pillaging were juveniles because they know that nothing will happen to them if they're captured. And they're working with adults, organized crime, adult organized crime people uh, to steal. And uh, they get away with it if they're captured. And they do it with such um, arrogance. Right. Committing these crimes. You know, I was kind of raised like it's wrong to steal, steal yeah, me anything. Too. And that. most people yeah. were raised that way. But people today, juveniles today, believe there's nothing wrong with me getting something. If you move, if you move the gold, the goalposts enough, people will move along with them. It's Ted Poe. Uh, go follow him at Judge Ted Poe over on Twitter. Great guy, great former judge. I wish that you were still in the House of Representatives, which we'll talk about uh, in a minute. What I don't like, Ted, is that it's different state to state. Now, you and I believe in federalism. We believe in states having rights and states being independent of the central government for the most part um, after the first nine amendments. But having said that, when you can fire somebody like they did in St. Louis a prosecutor who didn't, wasn't prosecuting anything. When you can fire a prosecutor like uh, like DeSantis just did in Florida, I like that. In Texas, we can't do squat. In Texas, the legislature has to make some sort of decision as to whether you're going to bring this person up for removal. The attorney general can't do it. The governor can't do it. I mean, Ted, I don't like that. Do you think it should be more uniform, or, or is it okay that we're different everywhere that we are? Well, it's worked so far in our history to allow the local communities to determine who their uh, prosecutors are, their district attorneys. Uh, but it, there may be uh, some um, necessity in allowing the state to remove certain people 
under certain circumstances. And the Texas legislature uh, needs to deal with that and they can do with it, deal with it as soon as they uh, they go back in session. But I think well, it, it, I mean, you, you know that in Austin, we've got a Soros D.A. In Bear County in San Antonio, you've got a, a Soros D.A. You may have one in Dallas as well. And these people are acting like Soros wants them to act. And the crime is up 30, 40 percent everywhere. I mean, at some point, if there's no deterrent, why would crime stop? Well, there has to be a deterrent, and, and, and like I said, it's got to be. You got to have the local communities uh, involved in and replacing their district attorneys. They can do that. They're elected every four years, and they they ought to do that and and replace those people who aren't enforcing enforcing the law. But uh, uh, we have the advantage as far as judges. We elect them, and that is good for the state of Texas to get rid of judges that the public doesn't think are doing their job. Yeah, we somehow have to overcome, though, the millions of dollars uh, put in by Soros. It's Ted Poe, former U.S. representative, former judge. Let's talk Ukraine a little bit. I found something out this week that I probably should have known, that you probably did know. When we got Ukraine to get rid of its nukes, we agreed to give Ukraine $300 million a year. I didn't know we were, we were funding and financing Ukraine $300 million a year as it was. Um, and recently you had Jake Sullivan, who, by the way, is dirty as hell. He was on Hillary Clinton's campaign trying to tie Trump to Russia back in the day. Now he's a national security advisor, for God's sakes. But this guy comes out the other day and says, yeah, every two weeks we're sending a package to Ukraine. And then he said, uh, I can't give you an exact amount that I want in the budget, but I want the budget to include the money going forward for Ukraine for the rest of this year all the way through next year. Then we've got so-called Republicans like our friend John Cornyn who are voting to continue giving money to Ukraine. Ted, what is our our, our uh, admiration, our, our love for Ukraine? What is that? Where is that coming from? Why did I never know about this before? We're just sending them blank checks now. We've been sending them $300 million a year already. Well, that's true about the $300 million. That's been, I, I think, under the table. It's been going, you know, it's been in the appropriations process. Uh, the U.S. committed to, to doing that anyway. People... Yeah. There's still a lot of folks in the United States don't know where Ukraine is, couldn't find it on a map if they had to. But we're sending them billions of dollars. Uh, You know, we all know that it's it's idiotic to send Ukraine money to protect their borders. And we're not doing anything with the invasion on our southern border. Joe Biden last week, Ted, Joe Biden last week, you saw this. I know this is what you're talking about because you're smarter than I. Um, Just last week, Joe Biden said we must do all we have to do to protect the sovereignty of Ukraine. And we collectively like threw up on this side of this side of the Atlantic. We're like, what? What are you talking about? We had 11,000 come into Eagle Pass last night. So uh, what do we do about this? Sullivan, Blinken, Biden, Harris, KJP at the podium, they're all acting like we have to do this. Shut your mouth. Deal with it. We're sending them a blank check. We're paying their pensions. I saw, right. a, piece of, I saw a piece of video from 60 Minutes Australia. This is going to blow your mind. We are sending the money to subsidize businesses to make sure businesses stay in business and make a profit while we finance a war in Ukraine. Ted, what the beep am I, am I missing that's, here? That's You're not missing anything. That's exactly what we're doing. And I, I'm not sure of the real reason behind all this. I have my uh, uh, kind of positions on that. But why in the world would we spend American money to support this country that is not a democracy? It is a totalitarian state. It is corrupt. I have been there. I am convinced it is still corrupt. And we are supporting them uh, so that they can maintain some form of um semblance of a democracy or a country rather by paying their pensions paying businesses paying down their debt whatever we're doing and we're ignoring our own it is wrong you know and under our law it says the federal government shall protect the states 
against invasion. Well, right. how many people do you have to have to have an invasion? We got over seven million. We got people coming across the border that are planting uh, Colombian flags, Venezuelan flags, and Southern Texas. Would you not call that an invasion by different people coming into the U.S.? Of course and it is. Le we, we, we let all of that occur. It's all on the administration. They are not doing their job to protect the United States, protect states from an invasion. It is an invasion. I think the state governors on the on the borders need to, you know, ratchet it up more to protect the sovereignty of our states, of our nation. It is we will be laughing stocks of the world um, soon if we're not already crazy uh, laughing stocks about how we allow people to come into the United States uh, without permission. And uh, history will not be kind to the people who allowed the invasion of the United States and then give all of that money to uh, Ukraine. Let me say one other thing. Yeah. The reason part of this war is going on is because there's another party in the United States, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, but there is the war party. And the war party has been around a long time, never saw a war that they didn't want the United States to get involved in ever since the, the Korean War. And those are the individuals in both parties who want to go out and fight a war, go invade somebody else's country, mess it up, leave or leave our, or leave our troops there. And that that war party has a lot of power because they have most of the votes. They're part of the elite class. Um, you can look at their campaign contributions to see where they get their their money coming from and their campaign contributions. But the war party is in charge of the United States foreign policy. And that's why we are in Ukraine. It's crazy to me. It's uh, Ted Poe. Go and follow him at Judge Ted Poe over on Twitter. Uh, he's a great guy. Amazing. I think sky skydiver for a while, right, Ted? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Maybe not. Um, all right. Uh, so let's talk specifically about if you were in Congress today, you've got a minimum majority, three or four people. That's it. Somebody just retired. Somebody's, I think, father is sick and they're out. So you've only got three or four member uh, majority in the House of Representatives right now. And, and it's a divided Republican Party. The Democrats are always together. The Republicans are always divided. The division of the Republican Party is dig in, give a budget, an actual budget, not a CR. You give a, a, an actual budget and then leave it in Schumer's hands to default. If the government shuts down, it's on Chuck Schumer or it's on Joe Biden. It's not on the House. Just pass something that would that would cut spending, that would cut how much we're sending to Ukraine, would cut out a bunch of pork and a bunch of garbage and send it over. Well, for some reason, the speaker doesn't want to want to do that. He wants to do a continuing resolution and keep on discussing it. What would you do? Which side would you be on right now? Well, I'd be on the side to pass a pass a budget, whatever a it is. A clean budget. A clean budget, yes, and pass it over to the Senate and give it to them and let them decide whether they what they're going to do. Are they going to shut down the country? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But I do not agree that we should do a continuing resolution and compromise with the Democrats. What compromise with the Democrats means that the Republicans always give in. Always. Always giving in. Well, we saw, we saw, we saw the debt ceiling, you know, uh, discussion where we gave two to four trillion dollars when the offer was one point five. We just rolled over. That's right. And, and Republicans have always done that. They did it when I was in the House. It was very frustrating for many of us that the Republicans would compromise and deal with the Democrats. You're in the majority. You don't need to deal with the Democrats. Pass a budget, pass a good budget and send it over to the uh, Senate and see how it goes. That's the way it, it's supposed to work. Continuing resolutions are not good for the country. They're not good for the taxpayers. But people in the elite class 
love continuing resolutions because their pet projects that have been put in continuing resolutions years ago are still being funded. And so here we are trying to fund uh, another continuing resolution. The Republicans knew this was coming. They took six weeks off in the summer. Stupid. And the leadership in the House said, oh, we'll get back to you on whether or not we need a continuing resolution or a budget at the end of September. And now, and now, the, Senate, and now the Senate offered this thing up, which they can't do because they don't have the purse strings, That's but they true. did it anyway. <laughs> and now Schumer's going to blame McCarthy for the shutdown, which That's is right. backward. Again, the, the Senate can't come up with its own spending bill. It has to start in the House. So they allow this to happen by, as you said, taking six weeks off. I've got maybe 20 seconds. How does this thing now hash itself out? Is it going to be a continuing resolution? Are they going to give in and, and uh, give this multi-spending budget as they've been doing? Uh, do another budget just like Nancy Pelosi would have done? I think both things will happen. I think there'll be a continuing resolution. Then at the end of the day, there will be a compromise, uh, another big spending budget that will, uh, if there is a budget other than another continuing resolution, it'll be a big one uh, at that. So uh, I do not look for uh, any positive thing happening uh, out of the House of Representatives yeah. because of the lack of leadership that I see in it. Ted, I got to go either a yes or no on this one. Do you know what victory looks like in Ukraine? Well, we haven't defined the victory. It's of all course means. not. We got We got to no. decide what is means first. You know. And exactly. Well, ask Bill Clinton what victory, what victory looks like. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, uh, Ted Poe, go and follow Matt Judge Ted Poe on Twitter. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks. Thank you, Joe. All Have right, man. Day. Back after this. Stay here. <laughs> this is the Joe Pag Show. We appreciate Poe coming on. We give you a nice long interview there. All those interviews will be up on Rumble tomorrow night. That's going to do it for us for tonight. That is Polo. That is Sam. That is me. And Carrie, we appreciate you too. Back tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.